toxic faith. If you weren't here last week, we're talking about that. We're talking about different kinds of beliefs that unfortunately have hung around in this in the faith of Christianity over the years, and some, in some cases, generations that can be very toxic, can hurt people. And uh, it's just, it's in, last week we talked about that from, from one, one, one avenue, one aspect of it, in terms of uh, Sunday is for worship and what does that mean? And of course, we sort of showed how that can be a real dangerous belief because we're to live our lives uh, in one of worship to God. Today we're talking about another one that, that I am sure you have heard one form or another of at some point in your life. Um, and it is this, if God isn't blessing you, you must have sinned. Or something like, you be a good, here's how you may have heard it, you be a good little boy or girl and God will bless and it's amazing how those things just sort of sink in and become really deep-seated inside of you and to the point of where all of a sudden you, you, you start, it just sort of just sort of becomes part of you, who you are. And, and it's kind of crazy. And, 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 you know, the toxicity of that, I just love saying that word. It makes me feel smart. Uh, the toxicity. Um, the toxicity of that word. Seriously, the, the, the poisonous part of that, of that belief is that you may end up constantly wondering what you did wrong. You just kind of live with guilt all the time because you're like, oh, you know, I'm living in guilt here. And, and, and because, oh, you know, I'm, you know and part of that has to do with the fact that, that you just, you, you, there's little or no, you, you know, you're a sinner, right? I mean, anybody here that doesn't know they're a sinner, don't raise your hands. You know, one of the great things, seriously. <laughs> One of the great things about being, you know, I know I make fun of Jersey a lot, and I make fun of the Northeast, and it's just, it's so much fun. It's just so much fun. It's, you guys, it's just such an easy target. But one of the, one of the great things, and you, everybody, those of you who, and there aren't that many of you, but those of you who are Jersey, you know, born and bred and so forth, you're great sports about it. But one of the great things about being here, no kidding, um, you probably, no, I, I know I got you on pins and needles. You're like, he's going to talk about something good about living here. I am. Um, I've uh, lived in, in a couple, you know, most other parts of the country, and, uh, and, and one of the things, particularly in the more conservative areas of our country, Bible Belt type areas and so forth, is that when you, whenever you, as a, as a pastor, you talk to people, and you know, one of the things you say, you, need, you know, you're a sinner. And, and, and there have been many, many times when I've had to sit with somebody and convince them that they were a sinner. And because they'll say, well, I'm a good person. I say, okay, maybe you do some good things, but you're still a sinner at your basic core. Now, I don't know. One of the great things about living here, I have never had more than a 10-second discussion with anybody that lives around here. When I say, you know, you're a sinner. Oh, but, oh yeah, I know I'm a sinner. <laughs> I mean, like here, it is like, I don't have that problem here. It's like, oh, yeah, let me tell you what a sinner I am, baby. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> Just don't have to worry about that. It's just one of those things. Um, so we know that. We realize that. And understanding that, and you have this particular belief that if, if God, you know, if God isn't blessing me, I must have sinned, you're going to walk around with a lot of guilt. You're going to walk around in a lot of fear. Oh, I better be careful. There, I'm going to lose whatever blessing I have from God. You're not going to have a lot of joy. You're not going to have a lot of... Uh, um, you know, it's just, not gonna, it's just gonna be kind of yucky, you know, miserable living. Sorry, yucky is not a good word. Um, you know, the, the real thing about it, it causes a lot of pride, too. 
caused a lot of pride because what happens with that whole thing is um, it causes people to think that they can earn God's blessing. If I live a certain way and I do these things and don't do these things, well, God's got no choice. He's got to bless me. <clears throat> Wrong answer, you know? Once again, that's not necessarily true. Um, and, and you have to be, we're, we're going to talk more about that, but it, it can create the self righteousness. The real toxic part of this belief is it can create a self-righteousness that look at my life because I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. problem with that is there's always many others who've done the same thing and, and maybe their life isn't blessed the way yours has been. And it just creates this nasty little self-righteousness. And the other thing it does sometimes is, and this is really bad, is you see somebody that, that maybe, maybe has gone through a tough time. Uh, maybe it's financial, maybe it's health, maybe it's something else. And then you start thinking and you start maybe even judging, well, they must have done something wrong. You know? And uh, it's just, that's just, it, that may not be the case at all. You know that song? I love this song. I love the play, uh, Sound of Music. Remember when Maria was in the, in the play and, and, and she and she's finally realizes that the nunnery is not for her and that she's going to marry this guy? And the, you know, Remember the song where she's, I think they're in the gazebo, and she's saying, somewhere in my wicked childhood I must have done something good. <laughs> you know that? You guys know that? Yeah. You don't know that? Okay, you ever see The Sound of Music? Okay. You don't know that song? Jeez. Anyway, does everybody else know that song? You guys know that song? Okay. That's horrible theology. That's terrible. I want to say, Maria, you didn't learn that in the convent, did you? That's terrible. She may have, actually. Uh, but it's, it's terrible, terrible theology. I must have done something good. No, maybe you didn't. Maybe God's just blessing you. You know, and, and, and that's what happens with that whole thing. And, and you know, one of the things, one of the, one of the great... Uh, one of the, I've had many, many different blessings and privileges as, as a minister. One of them is I've, I've been able to know a lot of people who've, who've had some wealth. And it's always kind of interesting with, with, with a lot of these, well, these guys and, and ladies. Uh, it's always kind of interesting because more than once that we've been out in the golf course or whatever, and, and I'll say something like, you know, so why do you, you know, you got three homes, you got, well, you got what you need, you're, you're, you're in great shape. Why do you think God's blessed you like this? And, and every so often you'll hear somebody say, well, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and God's blessed me. But usually the response that I get is, I have no idea. I have no idea. Because there are other guys who've worked just as hard as me, who've done all the things I've done with the same attitude, and, and they haven't been blessed like this. So I don't know. And, and that's the issue with this whole thing. When we start talking about this whole issue, uh, if God isn't blessing me, you must have sinned. You can get into some really, really nasty stuff. Here's what I want you to see. It's real simple. It's real, real straightforward. God's blessing is based upon his character, not your behavior. Now, I want you just to absorb that for a moment. God's blessing is based on his character, not on your behavior. Now, some of you are already thinking, well, what about this? What about that? Um, so here's what I want to do. i got a really, really short message, but I've got a little bit of a... I'm going to take a little side road here just for a moment, all right? Uh, it's, it's designed that way, so it's not that, you know, it, but because you, you, there's some qualifications or some clarifications that I want to make to that statement right there, that statement. God's blessing is based upon his character, not your behavior. I want to, I want to clarify it. Just three real simple ways I want to clarify it to make sure you understand that and don't come away with the wrong idea. All right. The first clarification is this. We still need to understand that, that there's a, such a thing called sin. You know, it, it, and basically that means just missing the mark. 
What is that? What missing the mark? Who sets the mark? God sets the mark. So, so as a result of that, we need to understand that. And that's a part of all of our lives in one form or another. Let me show you Romans chapter 3. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who we are, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. All of us. All of us. And, and, and it'd be, it would be a mistake to read that and put that in the past tense as it is sort of there in the English because really it's, it's not like that in the original at all. It's what's what you call present active tense. And it really should be interpreted, and some Bibles do it that way. We all fall short and keep on falling short. Those, those are really the key, phrase, the key phrase there. We, we fall short and we keep on falling short in different ways. Hopefully we're not stuck in the same exact destructive, habitual, sinful behavior, but, but we all fall short in, in, in many different ways. Um, great Princeton theologian, professor of the 1800s, Archibald Alexander said this, and he uses, he uses a different word here that's interesting, and you don't have to like the word, but I like this. keep in mind it's the 1800s. No one, no one was ever saved, is the word he uses, because his sins were small. No one was ever rejected on account of the greatness of his sins. Where sin abounded, grace shall much more abound. Doesn't matter. It's not a matter of how much or how little. It's a matter about grace, and God gives the grace. So, so to say that if God isn't blessing, you must have sinned, is not only, not only just not true, but it's also, it's also a complete contradiction of the Bible. Because we're all sinners, and, and, and we've all fall short. So we're never going to get blessed. So that doesn't work, right? Now, next step, and, and this is the other thing I want you to see, and that is this, all sin is the same, but not, but not, not, not the same in consequences. This is an important issue here. Um, let me read you the verse, verses, Galatians, don't be misled, you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. My mother used to say, your chickens will come home to roost. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit or the Spirit of God will harvest everlasting life and the Spirit. What this verse is saying is that your your sins are going to find you out. Okay? You know, you will always harvest what you put. Your sins are going to find you out. So... You, you can do a lot with that and stop and think about that for just a moment because here's the thing. Um, if a person, let's just be real blunt here for, for a couple of minutes. You know, if, if, you're, if you're just a chain smoker for years and years and years and years and you end up with lung cancer, there's a good chance that's related. Okay? And, and does that mean you can't be forgiven? Of course not. It means you can be forgiven, but there are consequences. If you're a person, maybe real blonde here. If you're a person who, who sleeps around, you may end up with a sexually transmitted disease. Is that the result of sinful behavior? Absolutely. So when I say when I say God's blessing is based on his character, not your behavior, obviously there's another thing going on here, and that is there are still things that you can do that have consequences. And it's going to limit, at least in some ways, God's blessing in that particular area. You know, if you, if you are an overindulger and a, and a uh, um, um, person who eats all the time, 
you know, and just a total, you know, slob in that way, there's going to be some consequences to that, you know. You're a glutton. There's going to be consequences. So you follow the drift here. So might God bless you? Still, God might can still bless you, but some of the things that you're going to suffer are the result of that wrong behavior. So I'm not saying that doesn't happen. It does. Now, obviously, you've got to be careful with this because there are people with AIDS who got AIDS because of an extremely promiscuous lifestyle. There are others who didn't. And you can't judge them. That may, may have come through all kinds of different things, including, I think they've got this pretty much figured out now, but at one point, including blood transfusions and other areas. So you've got to be careful with that kind of stuff. In terms of judging others, you can't do that because you don't know. You know God does, and let's, let's let him deal with that. So if you say, if God isn't blessing, you must have sinned, that might be the case sometimes because of, in this particular case, sins finding you out. So, so we, can't, we can't totally discount that. Now, that's the second clarification that I want to give you. All right? You're going to miss the mark, you know, but that God still can bless because we all miss the mark at times. Um, there are certain consequences to certain things. I have uh, two people that I know um, and have been with who... who Extreme cases, but in just one one fleeting moment of passion, killed somebody. Um, I believe they have God's forgiveness in terms of what they prayed, but they're going to be in prison the rest of their life. Well, nothing can change that. So, are they missing God's blessing because of their behavior? Yes, they are. We 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 can't we can't you know dance around that. That's that point. All right now. Third thing that I want you to see, though, in this clarification stage that we're doing, is the forgiveness of Christ is just limitless. It's beyond measure. It's unconditional. It's timeless. It's all-encompassing. I mean, the forgiveness of, of, of Christ is, is just, it's, it's, it's limitless. I didn't say consequences. I said his forgiveness. And that's the issue here. Colossians chapter 2, you were dead. You were dead, excuse me. You were dead because of your sins, because your sinful nature were not yet, was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In other words, he took my sins and he nailed them to the cross, figuratively speaking. And so when Christ died, he died for the sins of rich teeters, which were enough that doesn't include yours and others. Now, here's what I want you to see about this forgiveness, because it's real important. This is, this is a big deal, because it has, it, it, you're not going to see the tie-in at first. I'll tie it in for you, so just, just stay with me on this. Um, this. This even goes back to the Reformation. <clears throat> uh, 15, 16, I think that's the right date. Uh, Martin Luther, and the, the, the th- nailing the theses on the door, or the, 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 the 95 theses or 99 theses, and, uh, and so forth and so forth. And Luther and the whole thing going on there with all of that and beginning what we now know as the Reformation. Now, let me just say this before I start with this. I'm always reluctant to, to do a little bit of this kind of stuff because the Reformation happened in the 1500s between the Catholic Church which are now, and, and now the, pro, the people who were protesting, now the Protestants. Um, and we, and, and the, one, of the, one of the many great things about Renaissance is we are always in every service going to have some folks who are Catholic or, or, or sympathetic to Catholics um, or Roman Catholic or still going. We have some folks here who still go to the Catholic Church and come here too. 
And we're, we're fine with that. Don't tell your priest, but, but, but we're fine with that, okay? Um, so I, I don't want to divide. I want to unite. I'm not a divider. I'm a uniter. That's not, I'm, I'm, I'm a uniter. You know, that's a good... I, I ought to run for office with that. I, I, I bet I can get elected to something. Anyway, um, I, seriously, I'm not, I'm not looking to divide on this subject, but you've got to know the truth, okay? And some things have changed since, uh, since the 1500s in the, in the Catholic Church. So, and some haven't, but I'll let you deal with that if you're from that background. I'm going to quote a guy here, Kenneth uh, Cancer, who is a Harvard scholar, professor at different seminaries, big writer, theologian. I don't think he's any longer with us. And, uh, but he has, he, this is, he's writing here about the Reformation. And let me, let me show you what he said. This is one of the big... Reformation, real quick. Three, three big things. One was the priesthood of the believer. In other words, one of the points of the, of the Reformers was, hey, every person who's a believer can go to God by himself. Doesn't need anybody else. Doesn't need anybody to go for him. He can go. The pre, each, each, each one of you are pre... You can go to God to pray. You don't need me. You don't need anybody else. I'm happy to pray for you, and I love it when you tell me, please pray for this, because I will do that. But, you know, and, and, and maybe another friend, but you, you can still go to God on your own. That's the priesthood. That was one of the tenets. The second thing was a thing called uh, sola scriptura, scripture alone, not the traditions of the church, not anything, just scripture alone. And then the third thing was this whole thing of forgiveness. And that's what I want you to see here. Um, and, and stick with me. You're saying, what does this have to do with the whole toxic belief? Hang on, all right? Here's, in Cancer's words, free and full forgiveness of sin. He's talking about the Reformation differences. Free and full forgiveness of sin comes at the beginning of the Christian life. God declares us forgiven and accepts us, not as the final reward for our good life, but at the, when we believe. At the, moment of, at the moment that we say, you know, Jesus, I believe you did this for me. I want to trust you. Whether you're 8 or whether you're 80, at that moment, you have forgiveness. Now, the Bible tells us to confess our sins to God, not necessarily to a person. Nothing wrong with confessing to a person if they can help you get through that or whatever, but they can't forgive you. Only God can do that. And he does that at the moment of belief. Now, the second half of that is the Roman Catholic belief at the onset of the Reformation the belief is that you are justified by faith plus good works. Full acceptance can come. Now, this is the key part. Normally, only at the end of life when they have met the additional condition of good works. So the big difference, one of the big differences in the Reformation was those of us who were the Protestants were saying, we receive full forgiveness at the moment of faith, whereas the, the Roman church at that time was saying, you don't really receive full forgiveness, and you don't really know if you're going to make it or not until the end of your life, depending on what kind of life. If you really screw up, pfft, you're going to bust the gates of hell wide open, baby. You know? They didn't say it quite like that. But, uh, uh, so, so, so here's the point. And I want you to hear this clearly, all right? Once a person comes to faith, they're forgiven. question comes up, does that mean they can live any way they want to live? Well, I happen to believe some of their desires change. But I have known some people who are people of faith who haven't finished well in their life and who have done some things that were regrettable and that were very, very wrong. Does that mean that they, that they went to hell and didn't go to heaven? doesn't mean that at all. They were forgiven. Now, their life may have been wasted, and it may have been miserable because of some of the things that they did. It may have been miserable and full of heartache and, and all kinds of other stuff, because that's what happens when we, get, when we don't follow what God has, tells us how to live. 
But in terms of their eternal condition, that's not changed. And that's the issue here. So my point is this. If you say, if God isn't blessing, you must have sinned, you know, it's not only a violation of God's promise, but it renders the effectiveness of the death, of the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ irrelevant. That's the issue here. The forgiveness thing, you know, then the forgiveness doesn't really matter, does it? Because I don't get God's blessing unless I just really do everything just right. That's the point that we need to understand. God's blessing is based upon his character, not on your behavior. Um, you have to be careful when talking about God's blessing. You've got to be careful. You can't earn God's blessing. Work as hard as you can. You can't earn it. can't do enough. can't be good enough. Um, and you're not always guaranteed of God's blessing. Some people say, well, you know, you, here's the template. You live this way. You do this, and, and you're going to receive God's blessing. You know what? I, you show me any template of anything that you think is going to earn God's blessing, and I'll show you somebody who's followed that who hasn't always received the blessing that you think they ought to receive. They may have received blessings in other ways, but they still may have had some very hard things that they've had to deal with in their lives that had nothing to do with necessarily how they lived. It's an important issue there. Um, You can know this, though. You can know that God will bless us in many different ways for many different reasons. And it's very, very tough to quantify how God, how the blessings of God. It's very, but I mean, it's very hard to be able to point to God. This is one of the blessings that's happened because of this. You say, "Well, I raised my kids the right way. That's why I got great kids." Well, I can show you somebody else that the exact the same thing with the same attitude, and it didn't quite work that way for them. You know, doesn't mean we shouldn't try to do what's right, but it, we we don't judge others. That's what happens. The whole pride thing. That's why when you get back to this whole thing, this whole thing, if God isn't blessing, you must have sinned. Is that true? Sometimes. This might be true, as we've seen. But many times, it might not be true at all. I mean, the truth is this. If God, if God blessed upon, upon my behavior, I'd be dead. You know? So would you, by the way. We'd all be dead if God just blessed us simply as a matter of our behavior. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. So that he would take my sin and yours and then raise from the, be raised from the dead again. God's blessing is based upon his character, not your behavior. You know what that does for us? I just got, I got, I'm going to read one more verse, but I've got to tell you this for you. That should make us those of us who are believers and followers of Christ, the most grateful people on the face of the earth. Not always looking, gee, how do I get blessed here? How do I get... I don't know. I don't know. I, I just thank God he has blessed me. Maybe in a different way than this guy. Maybe in a different... It just makes you grateful people. I don't understand. I got to tell you, I don't understand. I have very difficult times. And frankly, I don't even want to be around them. Those people who are believers who aren't grateful. I, I, I mean, I should. I should be tolerant. I should be kind. And sometimes I am on a good day. But, but uh, I, I don't understand that. Those of us who are following, well, however we're blessed, however God chooses, to, we just ought to be the most grateful people in the face of the earth. 
Instead of going around thinking, well, let's see, what did I do wrong? What do I need to do right? You know, I mean, obviously there needs to be some introspection. There needs to be some thinking. There needs to be some praying. There always needs to be reflection and and self-awareness of who I am and where I am in my relationship with God as well as others. There always needs to be that. But we don't need to sit down and examine and re-examine and re-examine why God is blessing us or why he may not be blessing us. We just need to seek to to live in a way that's going to honor God. That's what we need to do. And thank him for whatever blessings, and you don't have to think too hard to think about some of those blessings, whoever you are, and whatever you got going on. Last verse, two verses. James says it this way, Don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. All good, all blessings come from God. I'm not going to sit and examine what I did or didn't do to, to bring that. I'm going to thank God that he's blessed me. And it's going to, it's going to, what's, what's going to do, it's going to cause you to be very grateful people and, and seek to honor God how you live your life. That's what it's going to do. It's going to make you more what you need to be because you're going to just seek to honor God for the forgiveness that he's provided, for the, you know, I, I talked about the, the consequences sometimes, and sometimes, sometimes there should be consequences and there aren't because God just intervenes in, in certain ways. He does that for some. He does that sometimes. And we thank God for that. So those, those are the, you know, we talk about the forgiveness. God's blessing comes because he desires, he loves us, and he desires to bless us as well as forgive us. That's why we don't want to, paint on some whitewashed face and try to be something we're not or somebody we're not or, or, or whatever else it might happen to be. Uh, I got a, we got a good song for you. The guy's got a, Julie and the guy's got a great song for you. I want to get them to come up. As they're coming up, I just want to pray for us. All right, so let's just pray as they're, as they're walking up. Lord God, these, these truths are so important for us to grab hold of and hang on to. The fact that you bless us is just one of the most wonderful things. And, and, and help us to be aware of that. Help us not to try to second guess how that blessing happened or, or, or whatever. Help us just to be thankful for it. Maybe it m- might have come because we did something right. Maybe, maybe we're not receiving some blessing at times in certain areas of our lives because of the way that we're living our lives. Help us to be aware of that. And not to, not to try to do what's right simply to receive blessing, but just because it's right in the eyes of you, our Lord and our God. So we thank you for, for who Jesus is and what he has done for each of us and how he loves us and, God, how you desire to bless us, not because of our behavior, but because of your character. We are grateful for that, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.